0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned, as together we'll
1: study God's Word. Hello PCC, I hope you enjoyed that Palm Sunday call to worship. My name's Brian Wren. It's so good to actually be with you. I'm so disappointed that I don't get to see your faces. But during this time, we're doing the best we can do, and I'm looking forward to this great Palm Sunday together. I have three things I want you to know before we begin. The first is this, if you have kids with you today, just press the Gather button on our homepage, and you'll find some great video resources to help your kids to grow. The second thing is about giving. We'd encourage you to keep giving during this time. And if you text give, you'll actually be sent to a page where you can give to our general fund that pushes and keeps us moving towards our mission and vision. And because it's our first Sunday, we'd ask you to consider also giving to our community care fund. That community care fund will give to and meet COVID-19 needs that are coming in and that will continue to come in. And then finally, it's Holy Week. Palm Sunday is the beginning of Holy Week and we have a great week planned for you. If you go to our homepage, what you'll find is resources on there for a daily devotional, for a prayer walk anytime during the week, and then all the information you need to know about how to access our Good Friday gatherings. And then I want to encourage you to invite folks to our special Easter gathering that'll be online next Sunday. So much good stuff. So much good stuff for you on this Holy Week. As we continue on today... What I'd love for us to do is enter into a time of prayer. Our time of prayer will actually be followed by some music, Gary's message, and then we'll end today with communion. But let's begin with a time of prayer. And to shape our time of prayer, what I'd love for us to do is jump into God's word. Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I know right now, many of us feel that way. Our spirit is crushed. Uh, All the timing and expectations that we had hoped for this spring have really been changed. But here's what I also know. This tells us the Lord hears us and he delivers us. And so let's pray right now uh, for where you are and where many people are. Lord, we acknowledge right now that you are the Lord who is personal and hears us. May we call out to you more and more, with our fears, with our hopes that have been uh, destroyed, God, uh, with anything that's on our heart. And Lord, we thank you that you're close to the brokenhearted. And you tell us that you'll save us when our spirits are crushed. So Lord, give us new perspective. Give us new understanding. Give us a renewed look at this season like no other. And Lord, will give you the glory. And all God's people said, amen.
2: Happy Palm Sunday, PCC. Like Brian Wren said, we're here in the worship center and it's completely empty. I wanted to be in here today because I want you to know that the greatest asset of PCC is you. We've said this all the time. This church is not a building. And yet in this building... It reminds me so much of you. Do you know you sit in the same place in our, in our gatherings? Uh, and I can see it right now at 855. Right over there is Marion Robbins and Esther Smith. And right there is the choir. I see you, choir. 905 in the gym. I see you, Wangs, about to have your baby. I see you, Katie, behind the sound booth. I see you, teenagers, back there sitting against the wall. We're down in Hudson right now. I see you, Hernandez's, and your sweet little girls. I see you, Sharmila, giving me that big hug and everyone who comes into the building greeting them. Oh, we're back at 11 right now. I see you, Octavio, with your wife and kids. You need to know we may not be in person, but we see you. And here's what's more important than that. God sees you. In Genesis 15, Hagar was crying out to the Lord because she felt so all alone. Maybe you feel that way too. And she pronounced the Lord as the God who sees, El Roy in Hebrew. So no matter where you are, you are the church and God sees you. You need to know that. So on this Palm Sunday, let's go before our Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much that you see and I thank you so much that you're here. We give you this time and pray that you would be glorified now as we walk this path of peace, that we would have this peace that surpasses all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. So we're in our third week and we're talking about the path to peace. It's real simple, actually. It's not easy, but it's real simple. In the book of Philippians, grab your Bibles, open them up to chapter 4. In verse 7, Jesus promised otherworldly peace. It says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. That's otherworldly peace. How are you doing with that? It's not easy, but it's simple. And God invites us into the process to join him in walking with otherworldly peace. So the path to peace, wherever we've been, there's four steps we've gone through. Here's the first, relentless rejoicing, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. God hasn't changed through this, so we can rejoice in him. Second step, public gentleness, gentleness verse 5. Let your gentleness be known to all, because the Lord is near. Step three, tenacious thanksgiving gratitude dethrones anxiety. And we may need to thank by faith sometimes. We certainly need to be worshiping by faith and worship our way through this pandemic. Step four, passionate prayer, specific, audacious asking of God. Those are the four steps we've gone through. I want you to take a minute and think if you're by yourself or talk if you're amongst yourselves. Of these four steps, Where have you seen that at play in your life? Ready? Raise your hand if you love TSA screening. I actually appreciate that because it's because of TSA screening I feel safe. I was actually on the TSA website this week and discovering because they are so meticulous about what is allowed and what's not allowed on an airplane. For instance, did you know you can bring antlers on board? You can bring bowling balls on board, but not bowling pins. You can bring, I I didn't even know these things exist, airbrush makeup machines on board. I didn't even know such a thing existed. And here's a cool thing that I love. You can bring espresso machines on board. Did you know you can bring live fish on an airplane, but you can't bring live lobsters? So leave those lobsters at home, everybody. Here's what's not allowed in case you were concerned. Things like bear spray. Leave that at home. Cattle prods. Good to know. You can't bring hand grenades on an airplane. I didn't know that. And you can't bring, I kid you not, go to the website, you can't bring a magic eight ball on an airplane. And thankfully, you can bring your Bible. But just don't tell the TSA officer if you have any weapons, yes, I have a sword. I did that referring to my Bible, the sword of the spirit. That didn't go well for me. So, TSA screen lines, why do I bring that up? The point is, they're meticulous about what they let on board. Why? Because they care about our safety and our thriving and, most importantly, that we get to our destination well. Did you know God wants the same thing for you and me? He knows. He's already secured, if we're in Christ, our salvation. And he cares about the journey, so he invites us into the path of peace. And the last step on the path to peace is with TSA tenacity. Screen our mind. Or as we're saying, screen our senses. Look at verse 8 of chapter 4. And I'm going to read it as it was intentionally, originally written. Philippians 4 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, continually think about such things. Whatever is noble, continually think about such things. Whatever is right, continually think about such things. Whatever is pure, continually think about such things. Whatever is lovely, continually think about such things. Whatever is admirable, continually think about such things. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy continually think about such things in other words did you know God wants us to fill our minds with things and he tells us what they are and you might be sitting there going gee if I continually thought about all those things I couldn't think about anything else exactly because God knows whatever captures your mind controls your destiny I'm going to say it again. Whatever captures your mind controls your destiny. That's why Romans 12 says we can be transformed. How? By renewing our minds. So I want you to look at Philippians 4:8 one more time. It'll be on the screen. And I want you to talk amongst yourselves, or if you're by yourself, talk to yourself. Of those eight qualities, which one is the most attractive to you? Which one are you drawn to? Which one would be hardest for you? Ready, go. Have you noticed how much of our life we couldn't control? I was thinking about this. I couldn't control my birthplace. I had no control of it, being born in San Francisco. I couldn't control my birth date. that October 7th, I would be born. I couldn't control my parents. I can't control who I'd have as siblings. I can't control the weather. Heck, I certainly couldn't control the fact that we're under a shelter-in-place order in the midst of a global pandemic. So much of our lives are out of control, but there's the greatest activity of our life that we are given control over in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is what we choose to think about. The big idea today, what I want us to know, is we should be concerned about life circumstances. Remember where Paul wrote this from. He was in a Roman prison awaiting an order of whether he'd have his life taken from him or not. He was concerned about that. But in the Roman prison, he was consumed with something else. He was consumed with the kingdom of God. You read the book of Philippians, it's just 105 verses, people. And you will see, like I said last week, Jesus is mentioned throughout the book. Paul was consumed with otherworldly things, and it empowered him to be most effective in his life. So, what is God's vaccine? For our times in this time of global pandemic where we're actually scrambling for a vaccine, Paul's got a spiritual vaccine for anxiety. And it's Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, continually think about such things or fix your thoughts on these things. The word fix there is the word we get logic from. Paul's point is simple. Anxiety is best faced with logical thinking. Anxiety is best faced with logical thinking. Uh, It's Wednesday when we're recording this and it's just a few days after we were told the shelter in place order is going to be a lot longer than we expected. Uh, last night, we got word about local schools. We're going to be homeschooling a lot longer than we expected. I actually woke up this morning with anxiety and I applied this verse. What did I do? I woke up and said, What's true? Here's what's true. This stinks. This is terrible. This is unprecedented. All that is true. I'm not denying that. But then I went to what's right God, you're greater than this. You're gonna work through this. You've done your greatest work in church history through plagues and pandemics and tragedies. And then I went to what is praiseworthy. God, you're still good. Even though the circumstances aren't, you're unchanging and circumstances don't determine who you are. You need to know that lifted my spirit and gave me a frame of mind to get out of bed and get through my day. Our greatest weapon against worry and anxiety Actually, is the three-pound organism between our ears, our minds. Paul saying, "Think about what you think about." He said it in another place in 2 Corinthians, chapter ten, verse five. He said, "We capture rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ." That's powerful, isn't it? It's along what Peter said in 1 Peter five seven. I'm casting all those cares onto Jesus. We're exposing them before the cross with TSA tenacity. I'm encouraging you, don't let those worrisome thoughts dwell in your mind. We defined worry last week, remember it? Worry is looking into the future where Jesus is absent. Listen, Jesus is above time. He will be there in your future. He told us and exhorted us Every day has enough worries. Just focus on today. He's enough for today. You know, when you think of the greatest example of this, especially as we're entering into Holy Week, I want to take you into a garden. And I don't want to belittle anything of what we're experiencing right now. But Jesus was in the garden thinking about what was going to take place in the next 24 hours and taking on the sin of the world. It was so heavy on him, he literally bled through his, uh, his veins and sweated blood. But what did he do? In Mark 14, verse 33, I encourage you to go there, Mark 14, verse 33, he says this, Abba, Father. In other words, that's what's pure and lovely and admirable. Abba, Father. Everything is possible for you. That's what's praiseworthy and excellent. Then he said, take this cup from me. That's what's true and what felt most right from him. The cup of your wrath, take it from me. And then he finishes by saying, yet not what I will, but what you will. That's what's noble. Complete surrender to you. Jesus modeled this. Now I want to get real practical. You know what could help here? When the body of Christ is the body of Christ. When we one another one another. That's so important. In the Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says this, anxiety weighs down the heart. You know that, right? I I heard just today a statistic that since we've been under shelter in place orders, alcohol consumption in the Bay Area has risen 42%. I read a study today how online pornography use is skyrocketing right now. Why? Because anxiety weighs down the heart. And people don't have healthy places to go to shelter like Jesus. That's why we got to get the word out, my friends. That's why we're doing next Easter the way we're doing it and encouraging you to get on your social media and like the king holding a banquet and no one showing up saying, go out into the highways and byways, invite everybody in. I want to encourage you. We've got the cure for anxiety, the cure for life. His name is Jesus. Anxiety weighs down the heart. But then it says a kind word cheers it up. You know, this last week I got a phone call from somebody who's never called me before, an 855er, and he sits right there. It was Tom Delfs, And he said, Gary, in his slight draw, I love Tom's voice, first time he ever called me, I said, Tom, are you okay? And he said, I'm okay. I just called to sing a hymn with you. I said, are you kidding me? He said, yeah, I I wanna sing in the garden. Do you know it? And I knew it a little bit, and he sung it over me. And then he said, hey, Can I sing another one? How do you pass that up? I said, sure. He said, let's sing the old rugged cross. And he sung the hymn over me. I want want you to know that was a kind word that cheered me up. It was beautiful in the midst of this pandemic. What if, my friends, as you're applying this grid to your mind, what if you shared the wealth? What if you made it a goal this week, five people a day to encourage with scripture, or with a hymn or with a great quote or with something like that that would lift people's spirits. I want you to know that's the kind of encouragement that we're called to be and do. So listen, where are we going with this? We gotta wrap this up. There's a path to peace. And my closing question is this, what good is a path if you don't have the energy to walk down it? What good is a path if you don't have the power to go down it? Here's where God is masterful. He not only calls us to walk the path, he gives us the desire and the power to walk the path. I think you're in Philippians four. Turn left to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Listen to what it says, "For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him." <laughs> That's incredible. God not only calls us to obedience, he takes responsibility for giving us the desire to obey and he gives us the power to obey. We can walk the path to peace. And what he says is, walk with me. Walk with me. I remember when I took my daughter uh, to Disneyland for the first time. She was just a kid and uh, it was Jojo and uh, our whole family was with her and we walked in the park and we wanted to take her quickly to, it's a small world because it has the world in it. Here's what I didn't say to Jojo as thousands of people were flooding into Disneyland. Well, get there on your own. Good luck, kid. No, you know what I said to her? Give me your hand, Jojo. Let's walk together. That's the exact same thing God says to you right now. Because he sees you and he says, give me your hand. We'll get there together. And that's a daily thing. Raising our hands to the Lord. It's Palm Sunday. 2,000 years ago, a crowd was around Jerusalem, not only raising their hand, but raising their hand with palm branches. And they were shouting out this word, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know what it means? Lord, save us. Lord, save us. They were looking at Jesus walking into uh, into Jerusalem, and they were crying out with hands out raised, Lord, save us. Here's what I've learned about the Lord Jesus. He's still in the business of saving. He's still in the business of saving what we put before him. And so as we close this series and close this time on this Palm Sunday, what is it right now that you're asking the Lord I need your salvation to come to bear here. I need a rescue here. Uh, We've been talking about this path to peace. Maybe it's the strength to walk it. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's something else around this pandemic. I'm not saying God's got this magic wand, but part of the path to peace is passionate prayer. And so can you say as we close, Lord, save this. I'm going to close in prayer. And while we make Hosanna a victory cry in faith, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful that you came to the rescue, that you walked into Jerusalem to your death. Lord, that you were in triumph. And Father, people didn't even know what they were asking for when they cried out, "Save us." But we do. We need salvation. We need your hand. Now, whatever it is that you need saving, put it before the Lord right now. Lord, save this. God, we're trusting you for the strength down this path to rejoice, to be gentle, to give thanks, to continually pray, and then to guard our mind. You can do it, Lord. We trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want you to know, in Christ, you have what it takes. Paul would say in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Church, we can walk this path to peace with otherworldly peace. As a reminder of that, we put together a PDF of these five steps on the path to peace. You can download that and put it somewhere to remind you to renew your mind or put it as a screensaver, do whatever you want with it. But let's walk with otherworldly peace.
0: Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I simply search it for. We are PCC.